Good morning, everyone. So this is always an exciting time at City. Probably two to three times a year, we're going to have what's called God's Story Sunday, Come and See. And so what we do throughout the year, and I would like to encourage you to do this, is we kind of gather together stories of people here at City where God has done amazing things in their lives. You can actually do that through the City Church website where you can go on and you can share the story of what God has done. Now, as you share that story, um, there's a little box there online that you can tick if you would be willing to share the story publicly about what God has done in you or through your life. And so we've had a large cachet of God stories that we have put together since we did a God Story Sunday a few months ago. Now, I just want to encourage you about the idea of God and His story in your life. It's this. The Bible is very clear that we are called to tell others about what God has done. I've noticed I'm reading through the Bible in the year. I'm using the YouVersion Bible app, and there's a, a way you can, there's many different reading plans there, but the reading plan I'm a part of is taking me through the Older Testament first. And not that long ago, I was reading in the Bible about how important it is for the Jewish people that every year they would celebrate, celebrate feasts that remind them of the story of what God has done. Not only that, they're demanded and commanded by God to tell those stories to their children. And so there's something about God where He wants us to tell the stories about what He's done in our lives and through our lives. There's a verse of Scripture that's going to kind of set the tone for us this morning, and it's this, John chapter 21, verse 25. It says the following. Now, it's near the end of the book of John, and here's what John writes. Jesus did many other things as well. If every one of them were written down, I suppose that even the whole world would not have room for the books that would be written. You know what John is saying? Is that the Gospels upload to us the story of Jesus, but because He is dead, buried, and resurrected, He would still be doing things in our lives. Therefore, John prophetically looks into the future and says, if all the stories about what Jesus would do were compiled, the books could, in all the world would not be able to contain what God has done. I think John is encouraging us to tell the stories of what Jesus has done in our lives. And so this morning, we're going to have several stories. There will be three live and one by video. The first one involves Matthew and the first story that we're going to be doing is Matthew and Dan. Now, one of the core values of City is that we are a relationally driven church. And we encourage people at City to find areas to serve because when you serve together for Jesus, you have a common task. Oftentimes, relationships build out of that. And so Matthew and Dan met each other serving here at City. And so they've got a brief story that they're going to share about what God has done between them in their relationship with each other. Can we say together, good morning, Matthew and Dan. Go ahead, guys. Morning. Hello. So about uh, 22 years ago, uh, I was at a men's conference. And Howard Hendricks uh, was speaking. If you, if you don't know who Howard Hendricks is, he's a professor emeritus at Dallas Seminary. Pardon my voice. 
Uh, Howard said at this conference, it was actually a promise keepers in Denver with about 70,000 other men. And he said, all men, you need a Silas, a Paul, and a Timothy. And the reason he said that is because you need someone who has walked before you, someone who walks beside you, and someone who will go beyond you. So Dan and I started meeting uh, this last fall. And, but we're going to talk about how we first met. So, Dan, do you want to start? Yeah, sure. So, I was looking for a way to get involved with City Church. I've been going here for the past year and a half, and I was looking for a way to get involved. So, at the end of last year, um, they had mentioned during the service that they needed some help with teardown afterwards. So, I decided I would stop by and just kind of see what that was like, and it was there the first Sunday that I'd served that I met Matthew, and he actually invited me out to lunch with his family, and a few weeks later is actually when we got to go, and it was just very cool to be able to spend that time with his family and get to know him and build that relationship with the church um, that I was excited for, and I was also realizing that I wanted to have a mentor, and I didn't know yet who that was supposed to be, but I knew that I could ask Matthew at least to connect me to somebody in the church. He seemed like a very busy guy at the time, so I wasn't explicitly asking him. But uh, after that week, I had asked Matthew if he could get me connected, and you remember what you said? I'll do it. Yeah, just like that. And uh, we made a commitment to start meeting. It was hard to get started. We're both very busy people, um, but... We decided at the beginning of this year that we are going to set Wednesdays as the time that we would meet, and um, that's what we started doing. So, so do you remember where we first met, our first meeting? First time we met was at Wayside Chicken. Outstanding. Yeah. Oh, awesome. But we, we decided we couldn't keep that up. It was, wasn't fair to our bodies. <laughs> so, so I come home, and Jennifer says, how was the meeting? I said, it was great. The chicken was awesome, but we can't do this every week. So she said, well, so, so why didn't you come here? So you're like, you scratch your head, and you're like, okay, that, that sounds good. So I called Dan. So why don't we just meet at our house? And we've been doing that. It's been great, although he did miss pot roast on Wednesday because he had to do some ministry for the homeless, and so that just didn't work out. <laughs> but we, are, we do do that, so it's, it's been really great. Yeah, and that time has been uh, just... I can't even put words to it. It's been so amazing. It's been so nice to be involved with his family um, those Wednesday nights and feel like I'm really part of that dynamic. That's just something I haven't really had uh, been able to be a part of because um, just with, like, his young kids, it's really nice to see how they all interact. And my family's been off at college, and we've just been um, apart. So it's been nice to be part of that. And also, Matthew and I have started going through Philippians together which has been great. It's been awesome being able to relate that to real life and real circumstances, and it's just been awesome having him lead me in that, in that sense. Yeah, it's been great. So we're, we're looking to do this until you graduate and then move on. So just uh, one thing. Uh, when I heard Howard Hendricks when he gave that message, uh, very soon thereafter I had a Paul, and very soon thereafter that, I had a Silas, and I've always had Pauls and Silases wherever we've lived, from Denver to Michigan to New York to Pennsylvania, and now here in Virginia. This is the first time I've ever been ever to have a Timothy, and I'm honored. Yeah, and I'm excited for what this semester brings, and I'm 
I'm glad that City Church has connected us from starting out at service and leading to a relationship. So go make tents, just like Paul did. Thank you, guys. Give me five. Thank you. He has a cold. Go away. You know, one of the things that we've been made aware of here at City is we have a good number of 20-somethings who call City Church their home. And many of them are looking for a family that would be willing to open their doors or maybe a couple who are empty nesters or whatever. And if you sat there and you observed this and you thought, that's maybe something I would like to do, that's awesome. Because in the very near future, you're going to have the opportunity through transit ministry in order to help mentor someone or provide sort of a home uh, space. I was a chaplain at a university for 10 years. And it was amazing how many of the students wanted one thing. Does anyone know what that is? A home-cooked meal. Let me tell you, they'd have walked 30 miles to have a home-cooked meal. So if you're a family, maybe empty nesters, whatever the case may be, and you think that's something you would like to participate with, I want to thank Matthew and his wife for being open to bringing Dan into their home. But I'm, I can promise you it's going to make a huge difference in his life. Amen? Amen? All right, so next. The next one is Mike Krantz. Mike's going to come up here and join me at this table. Everyone say, good morning, Mike. Say it again. Good morning, Mike. Here you go, my friend. Thank you. So, Mike, you have a God story. I have a couple of them. You have so a couple of them. it's been a crazy week and crazy month, actually. So, um... Uh, just to kind of get right into it. So my father was uh, diagnosed with uh, dementia, and at first we thought it was Alzheimer's, and uh, it turned out to be uh, a pretty rare disease called Creutzfeldt-Jakob disease, which is a form of dementia. So okay. if you're familiar with that, yep. um, you know what that is. So uh, his first diagnosis was in uh, about April of 2015, and then... Uh, he died just uh, recently, in January, so the That's 19th right. of January. So uh, when they finally decided that he had this, he lasted 10 months and a couple of days. Pretty fast. So anyways, um, so my encouragement, I guess, is if, if, if you're affected by Alzheimer's or dementia, which just about everybody is going to be sometime, um, what we did early on was we decided that we were just going to act as if he was always there. And that played out really, really well for us. Um, just simply because what other option did we have? Right. Um, we, I was looking through a journal that we kept for him. He had a visitor almost every day wow. for the while that he was in the memory care unit. So um, getting right to it. So the other thing is um, in trying to remember people, um, I think it's important for us to, to hold on to things. This belonged to my grandfather. Um, my dad was a carpenter. And so this is a, a plane or, or a plane, depending on where you are. So he had this in his garage, and I found it. We were going through stuff, and I just had to have it. So I, I know it's, um, and especially nowadays when everything, you just want to throw everything away, right? So, but he kept this from his dad, and so now I'm keeping it from my dad. And my sons are already talking about who gets it. Right. So I, I just think it's pretty cool. So I kept it. It's heavy. Do you realize for <laughs> really your cool. sons to get that, something has to happen to you, I know, right? Do you I know, realize I know. that, don't you? We're not, but that's not what this is about today. <laughs> My kids ask me for stuff, too. Dad, can I have that when you... 
When I what? Right, yeah. Right? When you leave town? Yeah, know. yeah. <laughs> when you go away <laughs> for an overnight with mom, I take that. Yeah. <laughs> Where's my that thing? That I <laughs> yeah, 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 right, exactly. And then the other thing is um, when we found out, uh, um, I, I kind of uh, tried to be a person of action. And so uh, my folks uh, live in Wisconsin. So what a great place. No, no, it's heaven on earth, really, in September. And uh, <laughs> every other time. So we did. Were you uh, raised in Wisconsin? I was. That's another story. So. Already down to like a minute here. Um, so we did a fundraising ride on the longest day, which uh, the Alzheimer's Association hosts every year. And so I was going to wear this, but if you've ever cycled, you know that you only look good in a cycling jersey at one time when you're on the bike, right? <laughs> at no other time, people are like, what the heck? Why is he wearing that? So this is um, a jersey that a friend of mine made. Uh, and if you can see, I don't know if you can see it, GHK, my dad's Gregory Herman Krantz. Like, his name's a kid Herman, right? Whatever. But this planner belonged to Herman, so there you go. Um, and the name of the team was 121639, which is my dad's birthday. So wow. the name of the team was that. So, and there's all kinds of things on here that represent my Tell dad. Tell us a little bit about the ride, though. Tell oh, us boy, a little yeah. bit about so, that. We set out to raise money for Alzheimer's, and um, some friends of mine and I... Uh, determined to ride our bikes 100 miles on the longest day. Okay. Um, so we did that in Colorado because I happened to be there at the time, and we lived there for 20 years, and so I, my, okay. cy my cycling community was out there. Yeah. But coincidentally, my sister rode with her friends in Wisconsin on the same day for 100 miles as well. Really? What day was that? What it was, well, our day was the, the uh, 12th of June. Correct. The longest day, actually, is the 20, help me out here, when's the... It's sometime in June. June, yeah, the longest day. Right? And look, you know, cool the that. thing of it is we know that it was in June or July because if your sister still lives in Wisconsin and <laughs> right. she was riding 100 <laughs> right. miles. Yeah, that was the one day you could do it. Yeah, probably and not freeze. Right, so right, I so. understand. So we, we have this jersey on here and it's everything about my dad. He was a motorcycle rider, so there's a Goldwing thing. He's a snowmobiler, so there's a Skidoo thing on here. He started uh, a snowmobile club, so that logo is on here. Just all kind of really cool stuff to kind of remember my dad. And at the time, we were doing it to honor him. And now we're going to continue to do it in memorial to him. So wow, we're going to be riding again on the longest day this year. Tell so, us a little bit maybe about how God met you in the midst of, yeah. you know, your dad's decline. And I know some people here at City, because I know their stories, they're facing a similar thing to what you guys have come through. So kind of take your time now sure. and share a little bit about kind of how God met you in the midst of that. Sure, yeah. Um, there's a thousand stories um, that I often tell, and my closest friends know, they're like, man, you really get to it here? And so I'll, I'll tell one of my favorites, and um, it was in October uh, most recently. So I was visiting my dad. Had, uh, I have a, a great employer that allows me to work wherever I go, and so I happened to spend lots of time there with him. And I was, I was sitting with him one day, and his disease had advanced um, so far that his nurses described it as Alzheimer's and Parkinson's on steroids. Wow. So my dad had memory issues, but he also had this tremoring thing that was going on. Right. He just, I'm not kidding, he would just shake, he would clench, and then he would just, and we'd ask him, are you in pain? And he'd go, no. I was like, what? Wow. What that's, it was part of the disease, and he was being medicated for it and stuff like that. So I was sitting <laughs> with him, and I'll have to ask you to shake hands. So, shake my hands. So I was sitting, and when I would sit with him, I'd ask him sit like this. I'm not going to take both hands, but we would sit cross-armed like this, and I was sitting with him at his bed, because he was bedridden, and he was just shaking, visibly shaking. And I'm sitting there, and I'm like, you know, God, if you're going to take him, 
I mean, let's get on with it. Because what in the heck? You know, what is the point of all this? Why do we, why do we fiddle, farting around and just come on? You're God. You can do this. Right. So that was my prayer at Baltimore. Well, as I'm sitting there, he's shaking. And no, you're him. I'm, I'm supposed to shake right no, now? I'm shaking you, but he was shaking me. So okay, I'm so me I'm right supposed now, to. And then we're all right, so we're switching here. roles Stay right with now. Me here. My hand is sweating, Mike, just so you know. <laughs> Get serious here. Man. I'm sorry. No, it's, it's okay. There's this laughter in this, and my, my dad would hate that I'm All right, I'm going to start shaking. <laughs> okay. Go ahead. All right, back into it. All right, so all of a sudden, he stops shaking. And I'm like, well, now hold on a second, God. You know, when I meant, you know, get on with it, I was like, you know, when, when I'm ready, when, when so he stopped shaking. So I, I hesitate, but I, I look up. And here's my dad, and he's looking square at me, and he goes, hey. And so I, had, I used to call him Superman, and that's a whole other story. I said, hey, Superman. And he goes, no, I'm, no I'll be him. He's looking at me, and he goes, they keep coming out of there. And I'm like, I'm looking at him, and, I'm, and now, I'm, now I'm me again. Right? I'm like, I want to look over my shoulder like, I said, who, Dad? Who's, who's coming out of where? <laughs> and he looks at me, uh, the only way the father would look at a son like, you're, you're Jesus, right? I can't use the words that my dad would use, but he, Thank he you looked at me. Thank you for refraining from. <laughs> he looked at me, and he goes, them. Almost as if to say, don't, don't you see? Wow. And then he followed with his eyes for a little while after that. And my dad had this thing whenever we would have discussions, right? Whenever he was finished talking, he would go, oh, I guess that's the way that goes. <laughs> that was my cue to stop arguing. Right, and right, right. Some people say, well, we'll agree to disagree. But he used to, he used to do that. So he's following with his eyes, and all of a sudden he just looks back at me and he goes, Wow. And then he drops his head. And then he keeps shaking. Wow. Now, I tell that story um, to a lot of people. Now, I know there were angels in that room, and I know my dad saw angels. Right. The weird part about that story is I didn't know where my dad was. I wasn't certain where my dad was in his faith. Huh. But we never had that conversation. So one of my encouragements is that don't assume either way. Right. You know, if you can find a way to figure out, and that's hard, father, son, right? Hey, let's talk about Jesus sometimes. If you never had that right. real close relationship in that way. Sure. But I know that day, and I realized even more so that day, that my dad knew God, he knew Jesus, and he saw angels in that room. And wow. the spirit was present. Yeah. Like I hadn't felt it in a long, long wow. time. Wow, wow. And so um, that that's, you know, one of so many... Do you have one more story you could share oh with us? Oh, my gosh, yeah. So, so that was October. So fast forward to January, got the call. Um, he's on his way. Right. Better get home. So <laughs> the beginning of that part of the story involves all kinds of stuff of running through the airport in Atlanta, the last plane, making the train stop, getting the look from people are like, what are you doing, dude, all that. So anyway, I rush home. I get to Wisconsin, and I get there. And my dad... He came to all of my baseball games. I played baseball in a small town uh, in near Madison. And, um, but baseball was the thing. I mean, Tuesday, Thursday, Saturday. And I, I, I caught. And my dad would come to the games all the time. And he would find a spot somewhere along the, uh, 
third base line. And it was, people came to our games. There were people, 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 open space, my dad, open space, and tons of people. He would find that spot. Right, right. And even if he came late, he knows or he knew that I would be looking there. Right. And he would just be there laying on the fence like that. And I'd catch his eyesight and he'd go like that. Almost like, I'm here. And I'd go, all right. So he's here. Now yeah, okay. right. So again, January, I get home, I'm rushing. I get, my sister picks me up at the airport. We, we go to the facility where he's at. And I sit down and I'm like, grab his hand and I said, hey, Superman, I'm home. And so sat there with him for a while. And during that uh, sitting time, of course, now he can't speak. His eyes hardly open ever. He's not trembling as much. They tipped his head over, and with his eyes closed, he just goes like that. Oh, and wow. I'm like, are you kidding me? I get wow. the angel story, and now I got the baseball story. And I mean, it's just on and on and on. And so our, our thought of let's just know he's here right. until the very end. So that was Tuesday, uh, almost midnight, and he died. Thursday morning after that. Wow. So I'm, I'm confident he was there. And my, you know, my, my hope now and knowledge is that, you know, he's not in any pain anymore and, sure. you know, just walking with God. And Good so um, that's one of so many stories about my dad. Good deal. Awesome guy. So well, Mike, thank, thank you listening. so much for sharing your stories and also for the high level of commitment that you made to your father. I know God will bless you because of it. Let's give Mike a hand. God bless you, buddy. The next God story that we're going to have is, uh, how many of you know the number one fear among humankind is public speaking? Raise your hand. Number one fear. So there were, uh, there were a mom and daughter who the daughter really wanted to share her God story, but getting up front here was not going to happen. So now we have in video another God story. So please turn your attention to the screens, and we're going to hear the God story of the Knight family. My name's Diane Knight. I am uh, the mother of this wonderful child, <laughs> um, and I've been attending City Church for um, 23 years. My husband and I were married at City Church. My name is Kelly Knight. I've been attending City Church for my whole life, so 14 years. The sermon on uh, Come and See Sunday uh, inspired me to share my story. Uh, so my story is um, on November 23rd of 2015. Um, my mom and I were going to Richmond and um, the lights were flickering through the trees and um, this caused a reaction and uh, it was led into a grandma seizure. Uh, it lasted about two minutes. Uh, in the meantime, an ambulance came and picked me up. When I woke up in the ambulance, I was very, very scared because I just got out of this state of, it went completely black and then I didn't know where my mom had went during that time. and. All of a sudden I had just seen this bright light and I thought I had seriously died. I, I, I thought I had died there and, um, and then I looked to the side and I saw my mom so I was okay then. So <clears throat> from a mom's perspective and I'm a pediatric nurse, um, this episode in our lives, um, unexpected of course, and so 
Um, as Kelly said, we were driving down 64, headed towards Richmond, and um, just having some good mom-daughter getting away time. And um, we're talking, and she's getting ready to watch a movie, and uh, all of a sudden it became really quiet, and I look over, and here's my daughter slouched over, um, and I'm pushing on her, and I'm like, Kelly, Kelly, and she's not answering me. And so nurse mode kicks in, and I'm like, something's not good here. So I pull over, called Rescue Squad, and they came and um, got both of us and uh, took us to the hospital. And, and um, as Kelly said, there was a lot of waiting, waiting and praying, and okay, what's going on? Uh, and I pretty much tell that um, she had had a seizure. We went to St. Mary's Hospital in Richmond, um, and uh, I spent eight hours in the emergency room um, until I was admitted, and in the meantime I got many tests done. Uh, when we found out the test results, they came back uh, positive for epilepsy, so I am now diagnosed with juvenile myoclonic epilepsy and light-induced epilepsy. Um, so I am now eight months seizure-free, uh, and I've been praying every single night, and I've been reading the Bible. Each day, I just recognize God's power in my life because it really makes you appreciate what you have now. Like, before, everything happened like you don't really pay attention to it until something happens that it's taken away from you and um and so through this it just it just shows you like how much and how precious everything is in every moment that you have the verse i use i use to get me through everything is jeremiah 29 11 for i know the plans i have for you declares the lord plans to prosper you and not to harm you, plans to give you hope in the future.
worship. You're dismissed if you need to go. If you need prayer, please come forward. Um, That was a very powerful word given, and that same freedom is available for all of us, so I encourage you to please come forward if you need prayer. Thank you, Lord.
with me